Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate you uh, being part of this ongoing conversation. If you are a new listener and this is the first time you're hearing my voice, or if you're a friend of mine and this is the first time you're listening to this, uh, me on this platform, welcome. Appreciate you uh, tuning into this ongoing conversation that is now in its 50th episode. Uh, and if you are a returning listener, really appreciate you once again lending me your ears. It is much appreciated. I'd like to thank you guys. Before we get started, I'd like to encourage the listeners out there that are listening to this conversation on iTunes or using Apple Podcasts to definitely take a moment. If you want to take that moment right now, that's fine. You can pause it. I'll wait and you can rate the show. Follow it, rate it, subscribe, uh, you, you subscribe, rate and review. I really would appreciate it. If you don't feel like reviewing and you don't feel like using words or whatever, you just want to rate it, please, by all means, you can just do that. Um, it's much appreciated. It, it definitely helps the algorithm and things like that. Been getting a couple of emails uh, about my journaling journey. Just in case you guys don't know or you're not, you haven't been made aware. November 1st of this year, a couple of weeks ago, I started on a journaling journey. It is a 365 day gratitude journaling journey. I'm using the gratitude journal that is available through Chavez House Publishing. That's Chavez with an S, C-H-A-V-E-S House Publishing. I'm using that journal and I'm chronicling every morning. There are prompts in the journal, every page. I'm chronicling every morning what I'm grateful for. As soon as I wake up, right after nature calls, I reach for that book, for the journal. I don't reach for my phone. I don't think about what I'm going to do at work or, or, or how am I going to uh, handle these phone calls or what tasks and errands I have to do or my relationships with my lady or what's going on. Is my mom doing okay? No. The first thing I do is I write down what I'm grateful for using the prompts. That centers the world that I'm in for the day. And let me tell you something. I've been at this for a couple of weeks now and I feel a difference in how I approach my day, how I approach, <clears throat> how I, what I'm thinking about while I'm in the shower or making breakfast or getting coffee, just writing down what I'm grateful for. Soon as I get up, whether it's for my life, my lady, my whatever, my, uh, maybe it's something that I accomplished the day before, it doesn't matter. And then this journal, what makes it great is at night, there's a prompt for what you are grateful for that actually occurred during the day. So when you wake up, your thoughts are about gratitude. And before you go to sleep, the prompts prompt you to be grateful for actually completing this day. So it centers the day. It makes the day and what, you, what you're grateful for central to your daily experience. That's what's so important about it. And I really appreciate it. I appreciate the creator of the journals, Lenore Batista. And um, you guys can find it and do have your own journaling, journaling experience with me. If you go to Chavez House Publishing on Amazon, scroll through all the Lenore Batista journals and you can use one for yourself. Use one for buy it for a loved one. Buy one for you. Buy one for a loved one. Buy two. Buy three. 
and you guys can start your own journaling experience. This is a movement we're starting. I call it seize the moment, seize the day. You seize that moment in the morning and you make it yours. You own it. You don't let the day take over without you where you're rushing. You're letting all the day's assignments and errands take over and you're not at the controls. Writing down what you're grateful for puts you at the controls. Just so you know. And it's, it's, it's helped. Tons of studies have shown. I've seen it happen in my personal life at times when I decided to write things down and my expectations down, which is something I've seldomly done through my life. I'm, I talk things. I don't write them. And I should write them because it's shown that writing things down makes it 1.5 times more likely to actually occur what you write down. So these habits that I'm building, I'm using that journal. I'm also using the Titan Fit training log, which has a man with a, a sculpted physique on the front. We also have uh, two journals for uh, women as well. <clears throat> these journals are great for writing it down and, and making it manifest. Think it, write it, do it. It's very, very important. So I'm happy to have these journals. I'm happy to be writing. I'm happy to be engaged. I'm happy to be moving the needle for 2022 before 2022 even begins. I started my resolution November 1st. If you guys want to start January 1st, pick up a couple of these journals, get started yourself. So first things first, rate and review the show. Secondly, go out there and go get yourself one of these journals or a couple of these journals or several of them. You, it's a gift to yourself and it can be a great gift for others. And it's a gift that keeps on giving because you're the one who's going to see the return on that minimal investment. You're the one. You writing, you deciding, I'm going to work out. What am I grateful for today? Today I am such and such, dot, dot, dot. You are the one who's putting in the work and you're going to see the returns on that work. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So I'm doing this for a full year, for a full year. And I'm looking to move the needle. I want next year to be the absolute best year, the next 12 months to be the, the best 12 months. And the only way for that to happen is to actually work at it, is to actually put in the work. There's no scratch off lottery ticket that's going to do it. It's not, oh, boom, 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 scratch. I won. I won the best life ever. No, you got to work for your best life. It's that simple. It's work. It's sacrifice. It's compromise. It's it's growing pains. It's it's a ton of things, but it's your life. You have to decide. Do you want to live the best best version of it or not? And this can help. This is an aid. This is supplemental. I actually call it essential right now. It's it's becoming an essential part of how I do things. I'm going to get into vision boarding with my fiance and doing a lot of other things, just making things manifest, changing the air that's been going around in the last couple of years. You know, a lot of things have happened, personal life, you know, families, you know, family can be family. It is what it is. But that doesn't stop the train from moving to the next station. You still got to keep going no matter the weather. It's what it is. So, of course, uh, this show, we also have a cash app, Junebo, dollar sign, <clears throat> J-U-N-B-E-A-U. And it's also at Venmo at J-U-N-B-E-A-U. A lot of things going on, looking to expand this show. Looking to expand, looking to do more interviews. I'm looking to purchase more equipment um, and that's going to take finances. I want this platform to grow as the audience grows and as my ideas grow and as I grow more accustomed to doing this, 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 this show and having these conversations, I want it to expand where I'm on the phone with people from all over the world. I've, I've traveled extensively and 
it's a, and I have a friend everywhere that I've traveled to. I have someone on the ground there. You know, I've been fortunate in that regard. I'm grateful for that, right? So if whether it's the Netherlands or it's Cambodia or it's Vietnam, wherever, Haiti, Jamaica, wherever you are, I can, hey, oh, I have a friend who is in Namibia right now. I can be like, hey, what's up? You want to get on? Let's let's talk about, who, you know, your world. That's what this 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 conversation is about. So it would be nice to get some donations running in, some advertisers who want to be on, on the on the ground floor of this particular movement. We're on our 50th episode, so it's obvious that I didn't just start yesterday. I've been somewhat consistent. So if you want to hop aboard, if you know someone who wants um, their product or service and you guys out there, people part of my audience. People that are part of the the uh, the the listening contingent, part of the conversation. What are you guys doing? Feel free to email me. Let's have a conversation about the things that you're entering into, your ventures. We can highlight it right here. Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. I'd like to start interviewing the people that are actually listening to me rattle on for 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes at a time. So please email me at Whose world is this? Two one at gmail.com. Go on my Instagram on the on the show's Instagram. Whose world is this? Two zero two one. Follow. Leave me a message in the, in the DMs in the inbox, and we'll have a conversation about hey, how can we highlight what it is that you're doing, and let's have that talk. You know, um, and if you have any suggestions, questions, and concerns about the show as well, please email me, DM me. However, whose world is this? Two one at gmail. And whose world is this 2021 on Instagram? All righty. What do we have? So what was the last episode that I did? Was it change minds before climate? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I have a couple of friends of mine that are big environmentalists. And, um, you know, one thing you're going to know about me, I don't shy away from controversies i've i am some may consider me provocative i don't i just think i'm pointing out certain things that need to be pointed out so we can make informed decision i am not a professional contrarian i'm not a troll i'm not someone who just everyone's going right so let me go left or vice versa everyone's going left let's go i'm going right you're going up i'm going down that's not what i do but oftentimes for us to be informed, you know, I used the analogy last uh, conversation about the car before you go out and purchase it. You kick the tires, you go to the dealership, you look around, you sit inside it, you sit, the, you, you do the you do the driver's seat sitting, the passenger seat sitting, you sit in the back seat. If it has multiple rows, you go all the way back and see what it looks like. If you have someone with you, you tell them, hey, you sit in the front. I'll sit all the way in the back. Let's see how that is. Okay, now let's both sit in the back seat. Now let's go. You do all of that so you can do what? Make an informed purchase. Okay? So I feel that the same needs to be done when we're making opinions about the things that govern our lives the ideologies and the events that govern us, the systems, ideologies, and events that govern us. Let's kick the tires and do a lot more. Let's do more than just look at the pictures and images online. That's me. But like I was saying, the last uh, conversation we had when I said, uh, change minds before climate. 
that was important because I took a, sh not a shot, but I criticized our government for going overseas, you know, going to the COPT, COP26 conference on climate change and pre former President Obama telling young people to go out there and be angry. And the last time they were angry, you know, via Occupy in this country, he sent the feds and the Department of Justice, I'm sorry, the Department of Homeland Security and the banking system after those peaceful activists, by the way. And they were deemed a terroristic threat. And while our former president was out there in the world espousing, you know, that he stands with a lot of the tenants of the Occupy movement, et cetera, et cetera, behind closed doors, they were subverting and threatening and monitoring and sabotaging that movement from within. Like I said, I've had my issues with the Occupy movement. I have several issues with the Occupy movement um, as a movement, but that cannot be discounted or diminished. That was no small thing that occurred. So, you know, and the fact that in many ways the, the laws regarding solar panels in our nation, is it, is it legal? Is it illegal? It, can I, am I allowed to be on the grid with my solar panel or do I still have to pay a surcharge? Okay. On the federal level, it's legal, but the state and local level, they can say that it's, that it's, that it's illegal. There's a lot of ambiguity around the solar panel laws. So the, one of the first ways I said that we can actually reduce our carbon footprint is first and foremost, allow the average homeowner to buy the solar panels and take themselves off of the grid altogether. So now you don't have to worry about burning any more coal or blasting another mountain cap from this particular person or whatever, right? So, you know, all this talk about we need to do this, we need to do that. That's the first thing we need to do. So a lot of my friends that are environmentalists, well, I have a couple of them. I'm saying a lot. I have a couple of friends who are true to life environmentalists. They compost. They do all of that. They live in a, in a, in a truck, a big one of those campers. They, you know, that's what they do. Um, I don't want to say that they took issue. They're listening. And, um, for me to say that they took issue with what I said would be an extreme. What I will say is, <laughs> is that they feel that climate change is existential to our reality. It's, it's climate change is the biggest thing going on as far as that can lead to human extinction. I disagree. I don't think that climate change is our existential threat. I think the human mind is the existential threat. Um, I think nuclear war, the fact that we have several state actors that have the kind of weapon that can kill the birds, the bees, the trees, and the breeze. Okay? I think that's actually as prevalent if not more hmm? i think at any given moment our countries can decide eh this little detente you know this little these little standstills standstills and standoffs eh let's let's do it you know we didn't build all of these toys and spend billions and trillions of dollars on all these toys not to use them so i think so when i say change minds you know the environmentalists are trying to change the mind of the industrialist, trying to get them to change. You're trying to get an industrialist to change, an industrialist that was okay with enslaving people to turn a profit. 
the same industrialist that was okay with having child labor working in coal mines in America up until the Great Depression. And the only reason why child labor ran out of favor in the United States was because during the Great Depression, the adult males needed the jobs. So they had to make sure that the adult males had the job before the children. This, these industrialists, are you sure? Uh, the same industrialists and the same people and the same humanity that could care less about the murder rate right now. Do you realize that in the United States, we have a 30% increase in homicides in 2021 and in previous years? You do know that. I am a New York City. I was born and bred in New York City. Born in uh, uh, St. John's Hospital on Queens Boulevard. It's no longer around. Graduated from St. John's University in Queens, New York. I am, a, I, I am what they colloquially call a Queens cat. That's who I am. That's what I am. And in my town, people are dying. Men are dying. At a clip that is almost 20, that we haven't seen in more than 20 years. There's been a jump. 40%, 47% increase in homicides in 2020. And this year, we're up again. Okay? This is what's going on. We're about 400, 500 murders. Can you imagine we're only in November. That's what's going on. These are the things that are going on in Chicago. While Mr. You know, Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama was a, was a junior senator. And that was his adoptive home to a certain degree outside of Hawaii and whatever else. Um, yeah, um, there's 678 people in Chicago have been murdered from January 1st to October 31st. 678 people have been murdered in 11 months are you kidding me what is going on okay that's 61 murders per month all right what are we doing about that that's about 15 or so murders per week that would be three people dying per day so I was explaining this to my friends that you want people to care about the breeze. We don't care about the babies. We don't care about the young men and the young women that are being murdered, violent deaths. We are not in a war, technically speaking, as it is currently defined. We're not in a war. It's not what's going on. There are no foreign invaders or or usurpers on this land and the people have taken up arms against usurpers. It's not what's going on. It's not what, like what's going on in Ethiopia right now and a lot of other places. No, that's not what's going on. These are citizens killing other citizens. Oftentimes, it's a conflict that escalates into violence and escalates to lethal violence. That's what's going on on our streets all over the United States, whether you're living in New York, City, Chicago, South Florida, Atlanta, Los Angeles, Texas, Oklahoma City. By the way, they have a 31% increase in homicides. So when I say you need to change minds, change minds before climate can change, I mean that. You want people to care about some volcanic meteorite that may or may not hit 
100 years from now or 50 years from now, oh, our carbon footprint and the ozone depletion. Yeah, a lot of big words, a lot of syllables. Guess what? Humanity doesn't seem to give a damn about each other. So they don't give a damn about that. They don't care. And that was the thing that I was trying to get them to understand, that you're not going to change the climate unless you change the minds around how we deal with each other. They and that's been the disconnect that I've had with a lot of environmentalists that are looking at uh, the issue of the environment and climate change. The same apparatus that creates a system where we're killing each other at this alarming clip is the same system that's deal that is um, exacerbating uh, um you know, uh, uh, chaotic uh, climate, you know, changes. It's the same system. It's the same apparatus. It's the same human nature. The same human nature that's messing, killing uh, each other is the same human nature that's, you know, that's disrupting the earth. That's where we're headed. We haven't evolved to the point where we really could care about that. That's not where we are. Albert Einstein once said that our technology has far surpassed our humanity. How long ago did he say that? Well, like 60, 70 years ago, if not more. Okay. So what do you think our technology has done now with our artificial intelligence and our augmented intelligence and our metaverses where we're spending a billion dollars on, on Fortnite. Fortnite, you know that game, Fortnite? It said it made billions of dollars that people have spent so much money buying, you know, clothing and accessories for their avatars. I heard Gucci just sold one of their digital bags for more than a bag is worth in person, a tangible bag. I don't even know what a digital bag is. Nike just trademarked the digital sneaker, digital kicks. What is a digital sneaker? What do you mean? Not a sneaker that you could put on your feet, you wait in front of Foot Locker, for like two days to get the new Jordans or something like that on a new LeBrons. No, no, digital sneakers. Digital sneakers. They just, they just got the trademark. I could rail back and forth about that, but what I will say is, hey, guys, we need to get into that. <laughs> That's where we're headed. I can sit here and, and put my fist up and go, no, 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 hug each other. Don't buy digital sneakers. D buy regular sneakers and give your old ones to a, a consignment store or a charity for someone who doesn't have sneakers, which I, which you should do, by the way. I give away all of my old clothes. I don't throw anything away. Um, but um, and my clothes rarely get old to the point where they're tattered. I just just fall out of favor with them, fall out of love with them. But in any case, so instead of me just railing and demonizing that, these are opportunities I'm also mentioning here. I'm not saying, oh. I'm saying I would rather us speak to each other and go to the stores and buy kicks and things of that nature and buy our own bags. And, you know, but that's not where we are. We have that's not the world we live in right now. Right. On, on the cover of ESPN, there was a kid. I think his name is Jordan Belvin or something like that. This kid is a gamer for Fortnite. People watch him play the game for six to eight hours. He gets advertisers to sponsor him playing the video game this dude is making hear me now he's making on average a half a million dollars a month in subscribers and advertising by sitting down and playing Fortnite, and people just watch him play okay so i know you're sitting around wondering what the heck are you doing with your life like wow this kid's making a half a million dollars and you have nurses on strike 
<laughs> you have nurses on strike because the nurses aides, uh, I'm sorry, certified nursing assistants are on strike right now in, in, in West Virginia, in Florida, in New York, in California, and all over. They're on strike because they're getting pizza parties instead of compensation. They're getting gift cards to go to a movie and forget that they're broke and forget that they're stressed and forget that they have gone through an unprecedented 18 months and they're not getting compensated for it. Now, and, and, and with inflation, they're making less money every time they go into work because everything is more expensive and they are not getting cost of living increases. Not even forget about the bonuses and the hazard pays that they deserve. This kid, with respect, I respect his hustle. I respect his, all the dude is doing is playing the same video games me and my brother were playing when we were at home. You know, if we could get a camera on us and the shenanigans that we were doing, I mean, it would have been, it'd be great to make the money that way. But that's not, not how it happened. That, but that's where we are right now in this metaverse. That's where we are. We're, we're getting further and further away from each other. We're just watching each other through screens. So this kid gets to sit home and make a half a million dollars sitting there playing video games. Why people just watch him play. They just watch him play a game that they can play themselves. It's not like me watching LeBron. I can't do that. So I got to watch the pro do it. This guy's he's dunking from the foul line and he's and he's running 18 and a half miles an hour up the court. Yeah. Guess what? Can't do that. Yeah. Reason why I watch Steph Curry. Yeah. Because he's shooting a basketball like it's a penny and he's shooting it from 30 feet away from the basket. A tiny circle. Whap. Yeah. I got to watch him do that. And then guess what I do sometimes? I'll go to the park and I take my scrubby, mediocre skills and I'll do a little something. Yeah, that's what we used to do as kids. Oh, yeah, Jordan. Oh, yeah. oh look what such and such did. All right, we're going to go to the park. Yeah, I can't do any of that. But so, so what? You can, you, can, you can imagine that you could be like Mike. The reason why I'm going on this Chappellian sort of rant going around is because it goes back to what are we going to do to change the minds of the people around us? This kid gets to make a half a million dollars. What's up with these essential workers that we keep patting on the back saying, good job, good job, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Oh, look at the work that you've done. I'm so happy. Thank you, thank you. And our little avatars that says, thank you, support our essential workers on our, on our, on our uh, uh, social media uh, uh, profile pictures. <clears throat> but how's that working out for them in real life? Remember, I spoke a couple of uh, conversations ago about letting the nurses know that I'm with them. And they can email me. And if they need a platform to speak, we can get that popping. I'm ready. I'm ready to I'm ready to speak for those essential workers that are going strike for whatever reason. For whatever reason, we can have that conversation. I need not to be in agreement, but I will offer a platform for them to speak because that's what they need now more than ever. They need our support. These were the people that were taking care of our mothers, our grandmothers, us, our loved ones, our siblings, our mates, companions, co-workers. These are the people that were on the front lines when all of us were told to stay home. They couldn't stay home. They had to go to work and worry about their families and worry about us and our families. And look at how they're being treated right now. If anybody deserves the biggest of raises and the largest income increases, it's them. Where are you on that? So all I'm saying is, and I mentioned this to my, to my, to my, the things that we speak about on this, in this uh, uh, conversation, I bring in conversations that I've had in my personal life, in my quote unquote real life. This is a part of my real life, what we're doing here. This is not, a, I'm not a persona. I'm not an avatar. 
I'm not playing a character. This is who, this is what it is. These are live conversations that I'm taking and plucking out from my real life. Like the last conversation we had when I was speaking about the West Virginia nurse uh, medical uh, worker strike. That was information I was just getting from a neighbor that literally their door is right across from mine. I open up the door to my apartment to go out and I'm staring directly at their door. And we had a brief conversation. And within an hour of that conversation, I came back and I told you guys and I did my little research and and I, I, I gave that information to you. So this conversation actually happened happened and I spoke to them and I told them the blind spot with environmentalists is <clears throat> you haven't made it personal enough personal enough you haven't made it personal enough people don't care about the earth it's a it's a vast concept it's a it's a concept the earth what do you mean the earth save the earth huh what's that? Do you know how many children are being human trafficked? How many children are living in poverty? How many mothers are homeless? At one point, that was one of the largest, largest uh, uh, population, growing populations in, within the homeless circle. The largest growing homeless populations or the fastest growing was women who were homeless with children. Where's that conversation? You get what I mean? So if we're not going to even pay attention to that and we shrug our shoulders to the homeless and the needy and the people that are around us, you think you think individuals you're going to get a mass awakening of individuals, of people walking in unison to save the earth. And you tell them, oh, you see how many hurricanes we have? They're going to be like, we always had hurricanes. You see how much rain we had? Like we, rain is rain. Unless some sort of f laser firebolt comes out of the sky that we've never seen before that can't be explained. Unless we see a big tidal wave hit New York City and take out all of our skyscrapers, then I don't think you're going to see any changes. You know, wasn't it Winston Churchill that said, leave it up to the Americans to do the right thing when they have no choice? I think it was him. I think it was him. I'm not sure, but I know that quote. But I, I don't think by the time the effects of climate change have come to critical mass, there'll be nothing we can do. Hence the reason why we have our Richard Bransons and our Elon Musks and our Zuckerbergs taken off into the galaxy, <laughs> leaving us here on some sort of Elysium-esque reality, you know. And um, this is what I was trying to explain to my friends that what are we doing about each other? What are we doing about each other? That is what has to be spoken about. What are we doing? Because I think about kids that are human trafficked. I can't think of it. I can't think of, I can't think of anything that bothers me more than the victimization of children. Cause I got a niece, I have a nephew. I mean, I have, several little cousins, and I think about that they're predators out there. I think about the fact that half the, you know, the, the people that are trafficked are girls under 18. And so, you know, we can only imagine what purposes of those, what, what, what that is about. 
Okay, we have like, what, 20, 30 million people being trafficked all over the world for whatever reason. People are being held against their will. Their passports are taken from them. They were promised a job in some other country. And they went, and they left their family, their friends, everything. And now they're in some foreign country and some, some freaking slave owner took their passport and said, yeah, you're going to work for me 18, 20 hours and you're going to do whatever I ask. And, and um, you're going to repay me for getting you here with interest and that interest is pretty much like a 20-year mortgage sad these are the things that are going on these are the things that these are the things that the humans you're appealing to are doing and i had to try to, try to make, like, kind of sort of drive that point home this is what you're asking this is who we are do you see the murders that no one's talking about the 31 percent increase in homicides that no one's speaking about hardly as an as an epidemic, because I mean, the mere fact that in many, many of our inner cities and our urban centers in this country, young men are dying as if they're at war. These numbers, hundreds upon hundreds every year gone due to gun violence, due to some sort of homicide, some sort of. And, you, and there's no referendum. There's no national conversation about what needs to be done. The only thing we hear is get the guns off the street. Really? Massive regulation and gun control. Okay. But there's underlying symptoms that leads people to go from an, a dispute to violence, to go from being in their house to being in a gang. And if you think that you're going to stop the murders by... Stopping the proliferate by 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 controlling guns more. I say that you're mistaken. I say that you're mistaken. I say that's a big error in judgment. I say that when you have the level when you've created the systems that you have and the strictures strictures that you have in our society where, where people are not just feeling marginalized, but are. They're cut off from grocery stores and libraries and opportunities. I don't know if you guys know what an inner city actually is. Like where I live right now, I live practically in a country club. Okay? I hang out at a country club that is literally across the street from me. And who's working there? 15, 16, 17-year-olds. They're working in the cafe. They're working in the tennis courts. They're working by the swimming pool. They're working all over the place. You know what that is? That is a, this is a neighborhood of opportunity. There are opportunities here. There's affluence. There's education. But forget about that. There's opportunity. There are jobs everywhere. There's something for people to go to when they're in those formative years. Not only do you have something to do at 16 years old, but you have some place to work. You get your worker's permit at 16. You're saying, I'm going to work at that country club. Yeah, and it's a great place to meet people. It's a great place to network. It's a great place to find out other employment, to, uh, other opportunities that may be around. The golf courses that are not too far away, where you get to caddy for some, for some guy. I remember um, uh, one of my former professors in college, who's, a, who's an attorney now, he's, um, he's said that the opportunities he got by caddying in Long Island for judges and lawyers. They gave him all the game he needed. And now he's actually trying cases in front of those same judges he was caddying for. How about that? How about that? You understand? 
when there's opportunity. So what I was saying to them is this is the world we're in right now. People are killing each other. People are trafficking each other. People are exploiting each other. And you don't want them to do the same thing to the earth? Huh? Living, breathing human beings that look like them, speak like them, have hands, feet, arms, legs, eyes, nose, ears. Life, have parents, have siblings, have dreams, have ambitions, have expectations. And look at how we're treating each other. You want these same people to actually care about the earth? I don't know. I've been saying it since I can't count how long. I said, man, those environmentalists got to change the song. They got to change the lyrics to this song. It's not hitting. You're not going about it correctly. I'll go back like I said before. All those anti-war movements that occurred in the 60s during the Vietnam War, I guarantee you, you could, you could um, cut that movement by 80% if it was just black and Puerto Rican kids from Brooklyn and the South Bronx that were being carted off to go fight in Hanoi. Hmm? But because it hit suburbia, now it's a problem. Now those parents and those kids were like, no, 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 no. And there's an argument that a lot of the Occupy movement, remember I said I had some issues with it, also that you know it's wait a minute wait now we're getting fired whoa 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 what now, now my my dad lost it remember this is around the time 2007 2008 2009 10 this is the after effects of what that economic collapse that we had occupy happened in the fall of 2011 i was there it was in new york city i was there studying i was at zuccotti i saw it in real time, I was listening to all the YouTube videos, all the podcasts, all the email, everything, any little bit of information I could get my hands on, I got just to see if that was going to be the watershed movement of my of my generation. I didn't want to miss out just in case this was the moment where the people got to speak about certain things, the youth. And then I went and I said, oh, OK, suburbia strikes back. Mm, OK. Mm. One can argue that a school shooting is only a school shooting when it happens in an Anglo neighborhood. I'm just saying. We lack empathy, man. It's what it is. I knew I gr growing up where I grew up, there was a lot of craziness going on in our school system, a lot of violence in New York City. There was no referendum on bullying then, and the bullying that we were receiving was ridiculous. It had to deal with blades, guns, a bunch of criminal drug dealers, a bunch of 25-year-olds 20, are hanging out in front of a high school with their 15, 16-year-olds in front of. It was madness. And it was going all over, and, and, and it was considered normal. My normalcy was not knowing whether I was going to come home from school unscathed. And it was not because of the student body. It was because of the people waiting outside the school or maybe the brother or cousin of one of my classmates that they're going to send for me. I wasn't scared of anybody in the school, but those older dudes out in front, they were a problem. Nobody helped us, man. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. There's no referendums. There was no conversation. There's none of that. New York Daily News, The Post, New York Times. Nobody cared. New York won. Nobody. Yeah. We're on our own. Now I'm hearing about bullying. Somebody says something to you online. Now you're so upset. You want to. And then now it's, it's like, wait, what? Oh, OK. So we lack empathy. To a certain degree, we do. We're not taking care of these problems that are occurring 
We have a, a we are we are a country that has innate violence. Remember, our Star Spangled Banners are gangster. I mean, it's like a Mob Deep song: bombs bursting in air, rockets, red glare. This is a hip. This is a, it's gangster because this is what we are. This is you know don't 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 let the myth of America fool you. America's what it is. America's a state actor. But I don't see it any different than a lot of other state actors and how they came to power and how they came to be. There's not a religion around my nationalism or my na or my nationality. I didn't turn it into some sort of ism and some sort of cult like following. I look at it from a clinical perspective. And when you we are an innately violent culture. OK, it's 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 part of the, the, the American fabric. And so we have to talk about that because we do violence to each other. We do violence physically, we do violence mentally, we, do, we exploit each other through our economical, economic systems, and, and then we do violence to the earth. You know, an offshoot of our, of our dominance or preeminence is the kind of violence we're able to do the, to the earth and the efficient way that we're able to do violence to the earth. But, we, but it starts with us. So I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm sort of glad that I'm doing a part two to this because it's sort of an extension of that conversation that I had with my environmentalist friends and environmentalist environmental articles that I've read through the years, which I've just had issues with. When I'm saying you're, if you're looking for things to change after you highlight it and inform the public and illuminate them, if you're looking for now change in behavior, you're looking for a correction in the, in the, in the, in the normative operation, then you're going to have to strike at the heart of who we are as human beings. And, um, yeah, very interesting. But uh, in any case, guys, like I was saying before, uh, definitely rate and review the show. I would greatly appreciate it. And I would definitely uh, rate it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, share it with a friend. And definitely go out and go get those journals. Chavez House Publishing, that's C-H-A-V-E-S House publishing on Amazon. You will see the Lenore Batista journals. If it's not written by Lenore Batista, it's not the journals. You get the gratitude journal and you get the Titan fit journal. If you're a man and you get the, uh, training my best life and healthy fit and beautiful journal. If you're a woman. All right. And these make for great gifts. I'm using these journals right now. I'm actually going to go to the gym. I'm on my 12th day or third I don't know 17th day, whatever I haven't I have not missed a day in the gym granted it's not all that high impact banging weight but I get my 35 40 minutes in minimum of cardio whether it's on the treadmill whether it's this, at least I get a mile and a half in every day so I've gotten a mile and a half in of work every single day of cardio work that's impressive for me I'm just saying it's been a very how do I say sedentary year and some change and um it's not like me so to get back to the me that i want i gotta work at it and uh yes whose world is this two one at gmail write that down whose world is this two one at gmail instagram is whose world is this two zero two one on instagram cash app and venmo dollar sign j-u-n-b-e-a-u junebo Definitely check us out. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And till we speak again, bye-bye.